Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on iWorkFram, click on the iWorkFram Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the iWorkFram Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's iWorkForHim.com, iWork, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. And on Fridays, we normally call it the I Work For Him Radio Roundtable. But today, we have a special treat. I'll get to that in just a second. Hey, super big thanks go out to Ace Andrews. He'll be engineering the show today while on vacation. Try to figure that one out. You know, we challenge people on every show to join the I Work For Him Nation because your workplace it's your mission field and we try to challenge people in the in the to join the i work for him nation so that people will recognize that you look at your workplace like your mission field we ask people to join the i work for him nation to start praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day to start looking for ways to serve people in the workplace to look for ways to befriend people outside of the workplace to look for ways to pray with people so that Because sometimes we recognize when people come into the office, they're a little down and out. And so it's important that we recognize that and then say, hey, can I pray for you? And they say, often they'll say, sure. Well, how about this? Can I pray with you right now? And it really touches their hearts. But all along, people that join the I Work For Him Nation understand that they work for the Lord. And they're the best, the brightest people that display excellence in everything that they do. That's what it means to join the I Work For Him Nation. Go out to iWorkForHim.com and join tonight by clicking on the iWorkForHim Nation flag. You know, you've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio, but it's not about Jim Brangenberg, and it's not about my guest today. It's all about challenging you and me to recognize that you and I, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. And we talk fast because there's so much good stuff to hear, so much good stuff to say. But it all takes a paradigm shift in our minds if we're to recognize that our workplace is our mission field. Romans 12.2 says this, Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You know, every day on I Work For Him, we try to bring on guests that will challenge you and your faith to look at your workplace differently than it's ever looked before. And Martha and I, with our business trust services, we're always looking for business owners, business people around Tampa Bay that go above and beyond. And what's amazing is we give an award away. We call it our White Dove Award winner. And every month we give away one. And almost every month that we've given us away, the winner has been a Christ follower. And and that's where we got our guest for today. You know... When somebody's attitude, when somebody's behavior stands out so much that somebody recognizes it, that's somebody I want to talk to. And Jason Greitzer with Southern Hospitality Landscaping is one of those guys. Jason, 
Welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, I picked out a verse for you today. Psalm 118, 14 through 16. The Lord is my strength and my song. He's given me victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious and amazing things. The strong right arm of the Lord is raised in triumph. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. And that really Amen. describes your life. That really describes where you're at. I, we're going to share your testimony. And on this special edition Good Friday show, we're gonna, you're going to hear the story of, of how Christ has transformed Jason's life. But today, Jason, where you're at today, just share with the audience, how is Christ making a difference in your life today? Oh, uh, well, you know, that, that's a really good question. And I think a lot of times people have this perception that once you become a Christian— uh, once you get saved, that all of a sudden, it's like all your problems are supposed to go away. Life is just supposed to get easy all of a sudden, and it's going to be peaches and cream. And it's it's actually the exact opposite. Um, once I got saved, I was, um, I was bombarded with problems and trials, and life didn't get any easier. But the difference is now that I do have Christ. You see, God promises that he'll never leave us or forsake us. That is a promise from God. And so now when I walk through these trials and the challenges of life, God is right there to carry me through them. And, you know, I, I love that. I want to just stop there for a second because the script, Jesus was very clear. He said, you know, in this life, you're going to have struggles. And he said, take my yoke upon me. That would mean work. Or that would mean challenge. I mean, Jesus never said it was going to be easy. Right. He just said he was going to be going to give us the help to do it. And so what you've experienced is what happens because God uses that adversity in our lives to shape us. Amen. And, you know, he is definitely, um, you know, he says that we can have peace through the trials, you know, and um, my wife and I, my family and I have walked through some serious trials and uh, God has given us great peace. He's given us strength to overcome. And uh, we're just grateful for that. And it's it's an honor to serve the Lord and, and walk side by side with him every day. You know, when when you were referred to Trust Services to, to win the award, and it was because of of something you went above and beyond on a job. And I don't even remember all, this, all the, the specifics, but it was something you went above and beyond, which is really what I say in the I Work for Him Nation. You know, be a person of excellence. So the people will say, hey, why? Why? And. That's what I loved about your story is that you, you know, you had a pretty rough start, but what's amazing is that, yeah, life maybe hasn't been perfect since you met Christ, but you've had, God has done some amazing things in your life. We're talking today with Jason Greitzer. Jason was introduced to me by a customer of Trust Services who said, listen, uh, this guy did such an outstanding job for me. I, I just want to nominate him for your White Dove Award winner that we have at Trust Services. And so we had Jason actually call in a couple of months ago. And, and afterwards, Jason and I met and, and we're like, no, we we need to do a whole show because people need to hear your story. And when we arranged it, we arranged it for Good Friday because the story of Good Friday, the miraculous raising from the dead on Easter is that's the power of the miraculous change in Jason's life. He runs a business called Southern Hospitality Lawn and Landscape. Jason, why don't you talk about your business really quick? It's not all about business today, but this is a workplace show, so talk about your, your ministry. Well, um, yeah, my business is my ministry, Jim. Um, I run a landscape company. Uh, we're based out of Pinellas County, 
and um, started with just me and a little truck and a trailer four years ago. And uh, God has done an outstanding work. Um, now we have, you know, four different crews that are out working daily. Um, we do the commercial maintenance, residential maintenance. We do landscape design and install, trees, irrigation. Um, and so we cover all ground. And uh, it no, is my no ministry. You cover all ground? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You shouldn't even cover all grounds, I think. But yeah. Now, this it, it's my ministry. God has really uh, helped me put together a great team of men um, that I'm very grateful for. And, you know, we start every day with prayer. Uh, we bring every day to the Lord, first and foremost, every morning. And, um, you know, God has really put some great men in my path, and uh, we've built a, a tremendous team. All right, so let's step back a few years, several years, because you weren't always a Christ follower. You have a, uh, you have a pretty colored past, as do all—and again, in the world's eyes, people, uh, they, they, they put a, a grading on, well, you were like a type D sinner, and you were a type A sinner. Like, no, no, no. In, <laughs> It says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's so, right. But you lived a pretty colorful life before Christ. Why don't you just hear the testimony? Well, yeah, I got, I got involved in drugs at a young age. Um, by the time I got into high school, I was not only doing drugs, but I was selling drugs. Um, I got arrested at uh, St. Pete High School my freshman year um, for intent to sell marijuana and possession of LSD. Uh, 15 years old. Two third degree felonies. I went to JDC, spent a little bit of time there, and and I got out of there and continued down that path of destruction. Um, one thing led to the next. Um, any drug that came my way, I, I I didn't only do it, but I sold it. And you know, by the time I graduated high school, which was by the skin of my teeth, um, I was uh, real heavy into cocaine. And uh, I was selling large amounts of cocaine and uh, really just to support this habit I had now and to support this lifestyle. And, you know, all along, I, I felt like I had control, but that was so far from the truth, because looking back, I never had control. These drugs controlled me from day one. And... um you know, I through this time, I would try to hold a job. I probably had a hundred different jobs. I've lost count. And I've been fired from many jobs and quit many jobs. And, you know, because the most important thing to me at those times were, were the drugs. And, um, you know, there was a particular time in my life when I was actually, um, I, ha I had a good job at All Children's Hospital in St. Pete. And uh, I was still using but yeah, I was kind of managing it. I had had this job for almost a year and I got my own apartment. So, you know, I was starting to st take some steps in the right direction. And this is when I was introduced to a little blue pill called Roxy Cotton. And um, I'll tell you, from the day that I tried that pill for the first time, it was a matter of two months later. And um, I had lost my apartment and I lost my job due to this drug. And um, I found myself now pretty much living out of my car, uh, bouncing from house to house and doing anything I could to get that next fix. These drugs uh, controlled every aspect of my life. And, and the Oxycontin brought me to a, a place of complete darkness. 
um, a place that I really, I didn't know existed. And I got into the doctor scene where I had a fake MRI and I could go to any doctor and get prescribed these pills. I didn't need them, but the doctors were prescribing them with just this one little sheet of paper I had. And, you know, I, I said I'd never put a needle in my arm. And, um, well, I tried that. And the moment I tried shooting up, it was, it was a wrap. Um, now this is the way I was doing my drugs. Um, you know, these, these times were so dark in my life. And through this process, I burned every bridge. I destroyed every relationship. Oxycontin robbed me of everything I had. Uh, my integrity, my character, my identity. I literally became somebody else. And everybody I loved wanted nothing to do with me. And, you know, I was about, I was about 26 years old and... I was brought to a place where I was literally, well, I was picked up by the cops. I was, I was walking barefoot in the pouring down rain, and I was talking to myself. This is where my addiction had brought me. And um, I was so far gone mentally that I was, uh, they Baker acted me. And so I went to Bayfront Hospital, and that's where I spent three days and Baker acted. And they called my mother from the hospital that first day, and they told her, hey, look, we've got your son, and um, it's, not, it's not good. He is, uh, he's, he's not there mentally, and we're not sure that he's going to make it back as far as mentally. Um, you know, if, if this doesn't turn around here within the next two days, we're going to have to put him in a mental institute. And um, these are the words my mother heard. And so by day two, I started coming around mentally. I really feel like God began to intervene now, and, and he began to restore my mind. And so day three rolled around, and uh, it was time for them to release me. And so they called my mother and said, look, great news. Your son, we don't have to put him in a mental institute, but uh, we've got to let him go. You know, it's three days is up, and we're going to be releasing him. So my mother shows up to the hospital and she walks in that hospital room and as soon as our eyes meet, we both just break down in tears. And um, how long had it been since you've seen your mom? Well, you know, I would randomly try to pop in and see her occasionally, um, but it got to the point where she didn't want me at her house. She didn't want communication with me because it was killing her. And, and, and let me add this, I believe with all my heart that if it wasn't for my mother's fervent prayers through these years, my mom prayed fervently and faithfully for me, I, I believe without ceasing. And um, I believe that's the only reason I'm alive and here today is because of my mother's prayers, among many other people at that time, praying for me. And um, she had to give me that tough love. She was finally at a place where she was ready to give me the tough love. She didn't want to enable me anymore because it was so hard for her to do that. She wanted to be there. She was the one person that was always there for me, among a few others. But, but my mother was always there, and she prayed faithfully. And so she came into the hospital, and, and we're crying, and, and she says, Son, listen. I'm going to have you stop the story right there. 
because we're about it. We're, we're coming up on a break, and I want to keep people you know on the edge going into the break. But so far in, in, into your story, you've uh, you hit rock bottom, and unfortunately, a lot of us have to hit rock bottom before we recognize, or as I like to say when I'm teaching, we had to get to the end of our rope till we realize that God's been holding out His rope all along, and. That's the good news in the next part of Jason's story. And that's the good news available for you out there listening today. Listen, if you are not a Christ follower of all the weekends of the year, this is the greatest opportunity because people are talking about it. Even people who don't know who Jesus is talking about Easter, they think it has to do with a bunny and some eggs. That is not what this is about. This is about the God of the universe intersecting in your life and showing you how powerfully he loves you. And he loved you so much. He died for you. And Jesus rose from the dead on that third day and gave us hope for tomorrow. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Well, it's a little bit different than that. Every Friday, we usually open up the phone lines for you to call in and share how Christ making a difference in your life. Well, about two months ago, we had a caller. His name was Jason Kreitzer, and he shared a story. And I said, you know what? For Good Friday... Let's just have your story because it's an amazing story of redemption. Now, Jason is the owner of the Southern Hospitality Lawn and Landscape. And that's how I got to know him because one of his customers ranted and raved to me about how great of a job he did going above and beyond the call of duty when he was working. So I invited Jason to come on for you to hear his story because this is a weekend really focused on the redemption offered to us through Christ. You know, ever since I met Jesus... My life has never been the same. And I read the scriptures every time somebody got met Jesus in the scriptures, their lives were never the same again. So you and I need to be reminded of that miraculous work as, as, you, as the years go by and you get further and further away from that first day when Christ revolutionized your life, when you finally turn over the reins of your life to Jesus as Lord, we, we, get, we forget about the miraculous power, the things he did in our lives. And that's why I wanted Jason to share his story. Now, Jason, in the first uh, segment of the show, uh, just shared how Christ made a difference today. And in the last segment, really started sharing his testimony of the dark, dark past that he had. And we pick up the scene where he's just done three days of being Baker acted for them to get him off of drugs. And his mom has greeted him in the hospital. Jason, pick up the story from there. And so... um... My mother comes in, we're weeping together, and it's like at this moment, I, I just am I'm overwhelmed with all the years that have just flown by in my life and all the years that I've wasted. And, and um, you know, I always had such big dreams and visions and goals for my life, and, and it was all gone. I had no hope, and I was at a place of complete misery, despair, and I had no hope. And so my mother came in and we're weeping together. And she said, son, listen to me. She said, you have three choices right now. She said, choice number one, I'm taking you and we're going to pick out your grave because you're going to die, son. And she said, I'm not doing that by myself. And she said, son, you got choice number two. I'm going to take you and drop you off at a homeless shelter because you have nowhere to live and you are not coming to live with me. You see, that was that tough love finally kicking in. And um, I know it broke her heart to even say that. But those were my options. And I'm, I'm, I'm weeping, I'm crying. And, and my mother said, son, you have one more choice. And I look at her and I'm, I'm waiting like, what is it? 
And she said, it's time to change your life. It's time to get help. And it was at that moment, I believe I, I just, I, I surrendered. I was, I was ready to do whatever it was going to take to change my life. I was at the end of my road. I had dug a grave so deep, I didn't think I could ever get out. And so at that moment, I said, yes, I'm ready to change my life. I'm willing to do whatever it's going to take. And so she took me from the hospital and uh, that night she drove me overnight and dropped me off at a faith-based recovery program. And um, that's where I, that's where I began to, well, that's where I was introduced to the Bible, to Jesus, to church, you know, these things that were never really a part of my life. Uh, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I had a great, great parents but we we didn't go to church often, and um, I didn't know much about this Jesus guy. And so when I get to this program, uh, I'm introduced to these things, and and uh, and praise God for my brother-in-law um, also. But his name is Angel, and he really poured into my life during these days as well. And and that's where I got saved. That's where I heard the good news, the gospel. Uh, who Jesus was, what he did for me, that he, he died on that cross and paid for all of my sins, past, present, and even my future sins were paid for. And by simple faith in what he did for me, that I could have eternal life as a free gift. And um, when I heard that and I accepted that and became a child of God, God began to do a wonderful work in my life. How long were you in the treatment program? I spent a year there. It so was, it, was a, it was a complete treatment program oh let me tell you this program it's it's teen challenge um and it's a year long and you know when you get there they take your wallet your phone i was a smoker at that time i showed up with you know five packs of cigarettes and uh they said no we'll go ahead and take those no smoking here um you know it's it's a very strict program and the 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 great thing about that program is they don't they don't dwell so much on your addiction. We, we dwell on Christ, and that's all it was. They, they pour Christ into your life, and it's Bible study and church, and it, it was a beautiful thing. So you just spent three days from drug addiction. You're also nicotine addicted. How hard was that? I mean, that's a, that's pretty rough. I mean, I, I see actually people ease off of drugs easier than some drugs than nicotine. Yeah, it was very challenging. Um, now, those three days that I was Baker acted were, that was a good solid three days that I had, but um, it, I spent a, at least another week at the program uh, in bed. And they gave me that, that grace time to really allow the, the drugs and everything to get out of my system. Because I remember the, the, the day I got there, um, walking up the stairs to the director's office. And um, I remember walking up those stairs and saying, saying, God, if you're real, show me, give me strength just to get up these stairs. If you're real, I need you. And that's a prayer that God will answer every time. I mean, that's a challenge I always tell people. Listen, if you want to know if God's real or not, all you got to do is ask him to reveal himself to you. Amen. And he did, didn't he? Oh, he sure did in a mighty way. You know, that, that one little prayer that I said, I'll never forget that. Just asking him, hey, if you're real, help me get up these stairs. Because I was so sick at that time, so dope sick from coming off of tremendous amount of drugs every day. And um, 
I said, Lord, just get me, get me up these stairs. And, um, you know, and then he began to send people into my life to minister to me through this program. And um, he really began to show himself faithful at that time. And, and, and all my doubts that I had all my life began to disappear. <laughs> That's just, it's cool that the Lord used your mom. Now, you said you didn't grow up in a Christian home. How did your mom choose Teen Challenge? Well, my mom actually got saved um, several years before the end of my addiction. And so she... She she got saved and, you know, I was never really living at home, but I would see her and and I started seeing some changes. My mother was starting to act differently and um, she was going to church. And so, you know, she really she, she was a tremendous part in my life. And, and through all that time, all her prayers and everything and just always being there for me, I could really see God working through my mother. Mm. That's incredible. Just like people today can see God working through you, working on you, you were at least intrigued by the work because you saw your mom from where she was to where God had her. So you're in this program. It's a year-long program. Do they bunk you with people? Do you share a room with people? I mean, how does, how does that work? Yeah, you live on site there. There was about 30 guys in the program, give or take. You guys were constantly coming and going. Um, and Teen Challenge makes it sound like, well, these are for teens, but you were with a bunch of adult men. This is adult men. Um, it's actually a worldwide program that started in the 50s for strictly teenagers, and that's where they got the name. But over the years, they've become worldwide, and they've got programs for men, women of all age. And um, yeah, it's it, it, God really used that program in my life. And um, that, that's where I, I began to learn how to live differently. Um, I began to apply biblical principles into my life, and uh, God really trans- transformed me. It's also so in there. Did they team you up with somebody who was further into the program as a discipler, or I mean, how did they? I mean, I, I'm sure they had you in Bible study groups or devotional groups. I mean, did they team you up with somebody? No, they don't really team you up with somebody. But you see, when I got there, I I made a point to gravitate to the leaders, the men that were serious about the program, because there were many guys that would come in there and they weren't ready. They weren't serious. They were either there because they were court ordered or maybe mommy and daddy made them, whatever the case may be. But I was at a place that I was going to do whatever I had to do to change my life. That's perfect. We're talking to Jason Greiser today. He's the owner of Southern Hospitality Lawn and Landscape. He's been sharing his story, and I've been kind of just letting him tell the story because this weekend is all about redemption. It's about what Christ did on the cross to save you and me from our wicked selves. It's the hope that we get because of what Christ did on the cross that helps us to even move one foot in front of the other each and every day. And and it's, you know, because without Jesus, there's no answers to any questions. You just keep asking the question. But the answer to the meaning of life is Jesus. And so if you're listening today uh, and maybe you haven't made that choice to really go all in and follow Jesus, that's why I wanted Jason to share his story today. It's amazing. You heard in the first segment at the f- part of his story uh, about his uh, dark, the dark, dark world that he was in because of drugs in his life. And then how his mom came into the hospital and gave him three choices, one of which was, hey, come help me pick out your cemetery plot. 
uh, and or maybe go to a homeless shelter or maybe actually get out of this drug-laced world that you're in. And you heard the story of how God led Jason to Teen Challenge and the year-long program of recovery. And that's where we're at. Jason, when you were at Teen Challenge, some amazing things started to happen. Well, you know, you're there all day long. What do they have you what do they have you start doing? Well, it was uh we we were up at every morning at five o'clock AM and we started with devotion. And um once I got to a certain place in the program, they allowed me to start to go to work. And so they uh, they uh put me on a landscape crew. They had a lawn company there that the guys did the work and um all the money went to keep the program funded. And so they put me on the lawn crew, and that's where I began to uh, learn about landscaping. Um, I started to work with a brother by the name of Frank Burnley, who uh, to this day is a really good friend of mine. We went through the program together, and um, God really used this brother to show me uh, many things, uh, many things about the Christian life, uh, many things about uh, business and landscaping. And uh, this brother taught me a lot of what I know today about landscaping. And so uh, and there's a lot to learn. There is a lot to learn. I'm always learning. Absolutely. So you learned landscaping in your drug recovery program. I sure did. So when you got out, what happened? Well, when I got out, I, I came home to St. Pete. Um, I decided that, uh, well, my friend friend of mine at the time, Jen, we were going to just, you know, we were gonna we were gonna date. We were gonna try to make something work out. Well, her and I, we met in high school, and through my addiction, she was one of the only people that really stayed by my side, and uh, she seen me at my worst, and. Um, you know, we, we stayed in contact through all this time. And a funny story, um, when I left the hospital, I went to my mother's house for a few hours before she was going to take me to treatment that night. And Jen actually came to visit me before I was going to go away. And her and I sat and we talked for about an hour. And, you know, I, I told her, I said, look, I'm going to, I'm going to go away. I'm going to get cleaned up and I'm going to help people. And, um, and I looked at her and I said, I'm going to marry you one day. (laughs) And, uh, you know, she was really taken back by that. I think she scooted over a little further from me. She says, honey, just worry about you for now. Um, but, uh, anyways, back to where we were, um, the landscaping, yeah, I really began to learn a lot about landscaping and uh, through this brother, Frank. And so when I went home, I uh, ran into an old friend of mine by the name of Randy in St. Pete, who happened to have a lawn business and I needed work. And so uh, I, I ran into him and I said, hey, brother, you know, I'm looking for a job. And um, he said, well, you know, I, I don't really need anybody, but, you know, I could try to use you here and there. I can't really afford to pay you much. And so I said, hey, you know, whatever it's going to take. And so I pretty much worked for him for peanuts for for a while. And, uh, you know, it turned into full-time work after about a year or so. And him and I just worked his little lawn business. And after about two years, he decided that he wanted to become a missionary. And he was going to sell the business. And so... 
here I am. I've invested two years of my life in this in this lawn company, and so I was either going to have to go find another job, or hey, we both came up with this great idea. Well, what if I bought the business? I know these customers. I know the accounts, and so uh, we sought some some uh, counsel. And through much prayer, we both decided that we would go ahead and do this, that he would sell me his lawn accounts and the equipment. And so we that's what we did. And I took over this lawn business. And uh, at that point, it was uh, just me and about 30 residential accounts and a little truck and trailer. And uh, that's when I began to really go out and hump it every day and try to grow this company. And that was how many years ago? That was four years ago. So when you look at four years ago, so you you now own a business. What about Jen? You you lost her in the story. Oh, Jen. Well, that's my wife now. Sorry, we're kind of all over the place there. But um, yeah, Jen and I, we, we decided to get married. After I came back, we courted for about six months or so. And, um, you know, we had known each other since high school. And so after about six months or so, according, we, we decided that we wanted to get married. And I proposed to her um, at sunrise, actually. I took her down by the water for sunrise one morning. And we were there praying together and reading our Bible. And I, and So I, she was a Christ follower already? She sure was. Yeah, she had gotten saved kind of a little before the end of my road. Uh, she got saved and God really began to do a work in her life. And uh, she was a huge part of this entire process as well. So God was preparing her life alongside yours long before either of you met Christ. Oh, he sure was. You know, we go back to all the way back to high school. And, you know, it's funny. We would go we would go years without seeing each other or talking. But it seemed like God always just crossed our paths at the right time. And it was it was toward the end of my road when things got really bad. I always reached out to Jen. She was the one friend that I had that I always would reach out to at the worst of times. There were times that I would call her at the crack of dawn in the morning after being in a huge fight and um, just really down and ask her, hey, can I go to church with you? And um, she would pick me up and bring me to church. And little did we know this whole time, she was attending the same church that my mother was attending. And um, all this kind of got exposed through the story, but it was just really cool looking back to see how God had kind of orchestrated all this and how he just put us in each other's lives at just the right time. So you now have a couple of kids. You've been married to Jen five years now. Coming on five years. Coming on five years. And you've got this business that you just learned. You had, you had a you know, pickup truck, a trailer, and a couple of mowers, probably a mower and a trimmer, probably in a blower. Pretty much. Now today, you've got four crews. You're managing people. How has your faith, all these things that you've learned, how has that impacted how you run your business? Mm, well, you know, the, the major thing is, you know, I put God first in my business. Um I I understand that it, this is all his anyway. He's he's entrusted me with this company. He's entrusted me with this team. And I think in having that perspective and realizing that this is all his, it, it, it keeps me humble, for one. 
and it and it really helps me to to uphold that integrity and and I want to serve him through this. You know Colossians 3:23 paraphrasing, you know, do everything as you would do it unto the Lord. Right. And and we live by that at Southern Hospitality. But you had never managed people before, had you? No, I have not. So um, so now you're managing how many people? Uh anywhere from 10 to 12. Yeah, so that's a big shift. You go from you go from being a guy who's down and out to learning to love the Lord to coming out running a little business. One thing to push your own lawnmower, it's another thing to get other guys to push the lawnmower. Sure, sure. That's uh, one of the most challenging parts of my job is uh, building the team and, and managing people. And you know, uh, it was it's really God used some some great men in my life to teach me how to manage. Um, also there's an author by the name of Dave Ramsey. I've read a lot of his books. I've heard of the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I've read a lot of his books and, um, and, and I take those things that I learn and I apply them. You've read Entree Leadership, obviously. One of the best books yeah, I've it's read. It's a great book on being a Christ follower in business. I want to slide to your marriage for a minute. You and your bride been married almost five years. How, talk to me about the spiritual intrusion into your marriage. You, you talked about praying together before you got married. Do you guys pray together on a daily basis? Absolutely. And, you know, we've, uh, my wife and I have been through some challenging times in our marriage. <laughs> I imagine um, you both brought a little bit of baggage with you. <laughs> that we did. And um, one thing in particular, when we first got married, I think we'd been married about a year or so, and we decided we, we wanted to have children. And so... You know, we uh, we began to try to try to get pregnant, and we actually had three miscarriages um, back to back. And anybody who's been through that knows that it, that's a very challenging thing to go through. And um, this was a trying time in our life. And I believe, had we not both been Christians and had the Lord to really strengthen us and help us through this time, I don't know that we would have made it through that. Mm. You guys do devotions together. Absolutely. What do you use? Uh, we read the Jesus Calling and, and the Word of God. And, and we've run out of time, Jason, but I really want you to talk about you. Because you're a Christ follower in the landscaping business. There's not a lot of landscapers you go, yeah, that's a group of people I want to hang out with. It, it, it tends to attract a little more rough and tumble kind of guy. It, and it's tough work in Florida. It's wicked tough. I mean, it, it's stinking hot here. Six months of the year. I mean, it's ridiculously hot. How does your faith cause you to be set apart from the others in your in your industry well once again we put god first in everything and um you know i believe my faith enables me to really treat my team a lot differently than most bosses might treat theirs and and that's kind of the common thread i get a lot of guys that come come in from other companies and uh one thing i hear a lot is you know, you, you treat your guys a lot different here. And, um, you know, and I only treat them with respect. That's it. And, you know, another thing that really sets us apart is, you know, praying before every day. And for a while there, we would all meet at the, the gas station, all the trucks and every, all of us would start at the gas station. We'd gas up and we'd gather in a circle and pray right there at the gas station and um, it's it's been really cool because, you know, a lot of times people will come up and shake my hand and, hey, that was very encouraging to see, you know. And, and I think that's really set us apart from a lot of these other companies. How do people find out more about you? 
Uh, you can look us up on our website. It's www.landscapingstpetersburg.com, or you can find us and like us on Facebook. That's Southern Landscape, Southern Hospitality, Lawn and Landscape. Find them online at landscapingstpetersburg.com. Jason Greitzer, thank you so much. Thank you. And, and really, as you heard this story today, as we come to the end of another I Work Rim show on this Good Friday, what Jason shared today is exactly what this show is all about. People whose lives have been revolutionized by Jesus Christ and their impact in their workplace every day. That's the stories we want to hear because those stories inspire us. Check us out online at iworkforhim.com and consider joining the I Work For Him nation tonight. Hey, what did you learn today? on how we're going to take this city for Christ. You know, we heard today a story of faith, a story where a young man ran away as far far from God as he could get, yet when when he finally got to the end of his rope, he realized that God was right alongside of him all along. But Jason Greitzer's story reminds us that there is an epic battle out there for the souls of our coworkers and employees. The enemy takes this battle super seriously. Are you? Do you go into your workplace each and every day recognizing the fact that people like Jason, people like me before I ran into Christ, that we desperately needed to hear the truth about Jesus, yet, yet a lot of my Christian friends just kept their mouths quiet. Are you one of those people? My challenge to you is join the I Work For Him Nation. Be part of the change in your workplace. Recognize that you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. That's the power of the name of Jesus. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I'm a, I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. For him.